From the blaze of emergency response to the beacon of security and retirement, this is the Atlas Annuity Podcast with your host, Marty Becker. Strap in, folks. Marty isn't your ordinary retirement planner. He's the financial firefighter who swapped his helmet for a headset to bring you the hottest safe money strategies in retirement without an ounce of burn. From guarding lives in the face of flames, Marty now shields your savings from the unpredictability of the stock market. He's the president, the owner, and annuity expert at Atlas Financial Strategies. Here's your host, Marty Becker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number eight of the Atlas Annuity Podcast. I am your host, Marty Becker, and the owner of Atlas Financial Strategies in St. Louis, Missouri. In today's episode, we're going to talk about a subject that is fiercely debated, which is annuities versus stocks. Which is better? Now, I'm going to start this episode with the disclaimer that this is not a recommendation to buy or sell any type of securities product. You should always check with your licensed security advisor before making any type of decision. So now that I've kept myself out of trouble with that disclaimer, let's jump into this. Back to the original question, annuities or stocks, which are better? And my answer to that question comes in the form of another question, which is better for what? So this is like asking which type of car is better, a Corvette or an F-350 dually truck. They're two totally different types of vehicles. There really is no way to compare them. For instance, a Corvette is flashy and fast and fun, and you're going to look really good pulling up to the restaurant or to the golf club. But what if you need to tow a boat? Can the Corvette do that? What if it snows 12 inches? Can the Corvette get you around town? What if you need to move a couch? Can you fit a couch in the back of a Corvette? And of course the answer is no, because it's not designed to do any one of those things. And that's totally okay. Everything that's been designed has been designed for a specific purpose. That's why somebody made it. So the question that you should be asking is, what is the purpose of my money? Because until you answer that question, you cannot decipher which is going to be better for you, a stock or an annuity. If the purpose of your money is to get as much growth potential as possible, then you should definitely consider stocks because that's what they're designed to do. But that's also where you're going to experience the most volatility, meaning that's where you're going to experience the most amount of losses because the losses are going to happen at some point. It's not a matter of if you are going to lose money in the stock market. It's a matter of when are you going to lose money in the stock market. And I'll give you an example of what I mean, because if you call a guy like me and you tell me that you're getting 12% in your stocks, I'm going to have to slam you because I just talked to a guy last week and he told me that he earned 20% in his stocks this year. And my immediate response was, mm, no, you didn't. And then of course there was this long effective silence on the other side of the line where you could almost hear him thinking to what he eventually responded to as, what do you mean? It says it right here in my statement. So this is where I had to give him a little lesson in what I call 
Wall Street math, which is determining the difference between average returns and actual returns. And I'm going to do an entire episode on this at some point in the future. But for now, I just want to give you the basics of what I mean, because a lot of people actually don't understand that. And to me personally, it seems pretty straightforward because I look at my balances, not at what the returns on the statement say, because I actually own stocks. I'm not anti-stock. However, I have had basically the same amount of money in one of my investment accounts for the past three years. And mind you, there's been tens of thousands of dollars that have been added to this account. And my returns look amazing, but the account balance hasn't changed that much. So why did he think he gained 20% this past year in his stocks? Well, number one, because the statement said that and he believed it. And technically, he did. Because if you go back to December of 2022, the S&P 500 was sitting approximately at about 3,800. Fast forward one year to December of 2023, it's approximately 4,700. That's almost a 24% gain. But if you go back to December of 2021, the S&P 500 was at an all-time high at around 4,800. It was way up and then it lost 1,000 points and then it rebounded this year by about 900 points to get to almost the same level. Now, what is his real return over the past couple years? What is his actual return? If he had $100,000 at the end of 2021, and then he lost 20%, but then he gained 23%, what is his actual return gonna be? Because most people with the quick math in their head think, well, if I lost 20% and then I gained 23%, I should at least break even. And that's not how this math works. He actually had a negative return over the past two years. So his actual return was a negative 1%. But then if you factor in 2% management fees, and most people are paying 2% in fees, whether they know it or not. So between the manager fee, the portfolio fee, and the internal fund fees, with a 2% management fee, his actual return was negative 2.8% over the past two years. So he actually went backwards, even though his statement said he gained 20%. Now, what if he had an annuity that offered him a 5% cap on the S&P 500? I personally, am not a big fan of caps, but I'm just using this as an example to make a point. What would his actual return be in that scenario with the 5% cap? He would have gotten a 0% return from December of 2021 to December of 2022 because the market was down that year. So he didn't lose any money, but he just got zero growth that year as well. And this year, since the market did rebound, he would have gotten that 5% interest credit up to the 5% cap, which would have made his two-year average almost 2.5%. And then his actual balance in the stock portfolio in this scenario would have been $94,500. But if he had the annuity, his balance would be $105,000. He actually would be over $10,000 ahead using the annuity, even though he technically got a 20% gain in one year with the stocks. So what's my point in telling you all this? Because you can do these comparisons all day long. And at the end of the day, it's all based on 
the time frames that you're looking at because I can select certain time frames and make stocks look amazing. And I can select a different time period and make annuities look amazing. My point is these are just two totally different types of assets, okay? Apples and oranges, the Corvette and the F-350 truck. That's what's important. So if we're talking about growth, it all depends on the timing, which is why it's probably a good idea to have both. This doesn't have to be an all or nothing deal. You don't have to have all your money in stocks and you don't have to have all your money in annuities. Diversification is actually a good thing, but it has to be diversification across asset classes. Diversification doesn't count if you have your money spread across a bunch of different stocks or across a bunch of different mutual funds. It's still all in the same type of asset class. It could be a good idea just to have both. You're never going to get hurt in a growth annuity because you're never going to go backwards with your money. But if you're going to sit there and look at your statements that show you made 20% in your stocks and only 5% in your annuity, you need to understand how this Wall Street math really works. That way, you're not sitting around fooling yourself into thinking that you're actually doing better than what you actually did. Now, when you're working and you have a steady source of income and you're investing for retirement, it's not a huge deal because you can withstand the ups and downs of the market because you're still working and you're not relying on those stocks to provide your income. When you're working, it's like having two vehicles. You have the Corvette and the F-350 pickup truck. The stocks or the Corvette in this scenario, it's not your only mode of transportation and it can go super fast, but it's also going to require a lot of maintenance and it's going to break down a lot because it's designed for hard and fast driving which puts a lot of stress on the vehicle itself. But if you have the other vehicle, i.e. your job or your business, or the Ford F-350 in this analogy, then it's not that big a deal that the other vehicle breaks down or needs a lot of maintenance because your income is what is providing you with the living expenses. When the Corvette breaks down or your stocks lose money, which will happen eventually, no one likes it, but it's also sustainable because it's not your only means of transportation. However, when your income stops at your retirement and you walk away from your job or your business, the reliability of your financial vehicle becomes vital. And the performance or lack of performance of that vehicle can have dire consequences to your retirement. And chasing performance in a publicly traded market is insanity during retirement. And that's what's known as a gambler's mentality in retirement. Because at the end of the day, what do most advisors tell you to do? Just buy and hold. Just buy and hold. And you know what? Your stocks may actually go way up like they did over the past 10 years or so. But then what happens? They all come back down and you just end up handing over all of your winnings back to the casino. And honestly, it's insanity. But this is what people have been told to do their entire adult lives. So they just buy stocks and that's what they do. They don't know anything different. And again, in the accumulation phase, it's really not that big a deal because you have the other vehicle. You have the income from your job or your business. But that is during the accumulation phase. When you're retired, now you're in the decumulation phase. 
And that is a totally different animal because when you're losing money in a stock portfolio and you're taking money out at the same time to live off of, now you're basically, you're stealing the seed that is always planted the next harvest while you're working. And this is exactly how people run out of money. This is a total gotcha situation that the financial industry has put retirees in. Because if you try to use mainly stocks for your retirement income, you can take less income and lower your chances of running out of money. But you may also die with way more money than you wanted to and never really had a chance to enjoy what you worked for. Or you can spend more money up front with the stocks, but you also increase your chances of running out of money at the end of your life and just having to end up surviving on your Social Security. Neither one of those is a great scenario. So we have to go back to the question that you need to ask yourself, what is the purpose of my money? And for the vast majority of people, it's going to be to provide income in retirement. Now, if you're a person who has millions upon millions of dollars and only needs to pull 3% of your assets out to live on in retirement, then an annuity may not be the right vehicle for you because you can withstand the ups and downs of the stock market or the breakdown of the vehicle. However, there is a strategy that can enhance your overall outcome by having a safe bucket of money to dip from, which is called the flex strategy that I personally learned it from a good friend of mine, Brian Anderson, over at Annuity Straight Talk. And if you haven't listened to Brian's stuff, you need to go over there and listen to him. He's a super, super sharp guy. I also made a video on this strategy, which is video number four in my flagship series, 20% More Spendable Income in Retirement, which I will leave a link to in the show notes. But if you haven't listened to Brian, head on over there and check him out as well. So if you're the person who has tons and tons of money and lots of streams of income and you don't really need to touch your money to provide income for you in retirement, then an annuity can just be a safe bucket of money. But if you can withstand the ups and downs of the stocks and that's what you like, then stick with the stocks. It's no problem. But if you're the person that has a million dollars or less and you need to pull $40,000 or more per year in addition to your Social Security or any pensions that you may have just to survive in retirement, then you've got a problem because you need an income vehicle that is reliable enough that it can withstand any storm or any scenario that is thrown at you during your retirement. And nothing does that better than an income annuity. And please keep in mind, that's not the opinion of Marty Becker. That is the opinion of economists who research this stuff every day for a living. So that part is indisputable. That's one thing all these economists agree on is that having an income annuity is an essential part of your retirement planning. The only argument that is still up for debate between them is which type of annuity that you should implement and when you should implement it. But other than that, there is a unanimous agreement that an income annuity is essential for the vast majority of people in the retirement planning. Now, you could be sitting there saying to yourself, well, I don't need an income annuity because I have something like a dividend-paying stock, which I would respond, that's great. Those are probably the best ones to own. But can those dividends go down? Can they change? Can they completely disappear? And the answer is 
Yes, you cannot rely on that for guaranteed income. And I can say the same thing for any other type of investment vehicle. I'm not saying there aren't things out there that, that can't produce an income in retirement for you. I'm just saying the reliability of those vehicles to produce income for you comes nowhere close to the reliability of an income annuity. Not stocks, not bonds, not ETFs, not mutual funds, not CDs, not crypto, not real estate or precious metals. None of those things can match the reliability of producing income in your retirement for the rest of your life better than an income annuity. The reason nothing can provide an income better than an income annuity is because the annuity takes away several retirement risks. The top two risks being longevity risk and the sequence of returns risk. Now, the longevity risk is pretty self-explanatory. It means you live too long and retirees' number one fear, believe it or not, is actually outliving their money. It's not death, it's living too, believe it or not. And the annuity allows you to completely mitigate that longevity risk because it will pay you no matter how long you or you and your spouse survive. And when you can get rid of longevity risk, you can actually get rid of a lot of the other risk as well. Because the longer you live, the better your investments have to do to continue to provide you income. And the other big risk is the sequence of returns risk. And the sequence of returns risk is exactly why you cannot have all of your money in stocks during retirement. So if you've never heard of the sequence of returns risk, I'm going to give you an example of this right now. If you're listening to this on a podcast, go back and pull it up on YouTube because I'm going to give you a visual example and it's pretty eye-opening. So you can take two people that are the exact same age, have the exact same amount of money, and withdraw the exact same amount of money in the exact same time frame. And the only thing that is different in this scenario is the order of the returns that the stock market provided. And for those of you listening, we're looking at the actual returns of the S&P 500 starting in the year 2000 to I think 2021 this goes to. And that's one scenario. In the other scenario, which we're looking at in Jim's portfolio, it's the exact same returns only they happen in reverse order. So it's the difference of early losses in retirement versus later losses in retirement. And the biggest thing about this is no one can control how or when this happens. Not you, not me, not your advisor. No one really knows what will happen in the stock market tomorrow, much less 20 years from now. And not taking this risk the sequence of returns risk seriously is a huge mistake because if you have all of your money in stocks, you're literally gambling. That's what you're doing. It's no different than walking into the Bellagio and putting all your money on the roulette table. Sometimes you'll win, but the longer you play, the higher the chances that you're going to lose because the house always wins. They don't build those billion-dollar casinos on people's winnings. And you may be thinking, my advisor has software. He has an algorithm. He's watching my money, and he knows when the market's going to turn, and he'll divest my money for me. I seriously doubt it. But let's say this is how advisors really do work. And if that's the case, I have a question for you. Did he get you completely out of the market in 2000 to 2003? How about in 2008? How about in early 2020? How about again in 2022? Because if your advisor really knew where the top of the market was, 
and got you out and then put you back in at the very bottom, something tells me that you would probably have at least twice as much money, but most likely 10 times as much money than what you have right now. Your advisor doesn't know anything more than any other advisor. And I can prove that because I actually have a letter that was sent to one of my clients in 2009 from one of these big advisory firms. And I'm assuming it's a letter that every other one of their clients got as well. That was basically just an apology saying, sorry, we didn't see the 2008 crash coming. But wait, I thought that was your job to know that. That's what you tell everybody, that you know when this stuff is going to happen. Where was all this sophisticated algorithm and the vast knowledge of world markets when all this happened and that their advisor was supposed to know. I find this particular company personally aggravating because the owner runs around and says stupid things like, I rather go to hell than own an annuity, and then teaches his advisors to say things just as dumb. And I call it dumb for two reasons. Uh, number one, because I don't think he's contemplated what hell is really like. And number two, they're just brushing off an entire category of financial vehicles that could be really beneficial to their clients. In fact, like I said earlier in this podcast, every economist who studies this stuff has agreed upon it is beneficial. So how would you like to be 10 years into your retirement and be the recipient of one of these letters when 40% of your money disappeared and all you get is a note that says, eh, sorry. Yeah, really sorry. That's about it. Nothing you can do. There's no recourse. And again, what happened to all this? You guys are supposed to know about this stuff and you're geniuses. And you have all these charts and all these algorithms that tell you when the market is going to turn. And maybe they didn't know that 2008 was going to happen. And it proves that what Warren Buffett said, that no one can time the market, is actually true. If that guy can't do it, nobody can. But an even worse thought is, maybe they did know and they still did nothing. Did you ever think about that? And it's a little bit of a conspiracy theory, and I have no proof of it. But is it worth considering? I know, total conspiracy theory, and I know this is going to piss some people off because there are some really good advisors out there who actually do the right thing for their clients, and I hope you have one of those advisors. But how many movies have been made on true events where the little guy gets screwed and the person who is supposed to be managing the money and protecting them is still living in the lap of luxury. And you may ask, why would they do that if they knew the market was going to crash? Is it a crazy idea to consider maybe the advisor has a vested interest in you never getting out of the market because it affects his income? Because if you divest your money and put it in some type of money market or cash equivalent account, guess how much the advisor makes on that? Zero. So it's interesting. I'm just thinking about this now while I'm recording this. Now we have this paradox of they either don't really know what's going to happen, which is saying, okay, uh, then you serve no other purpose than anybody else in this world because you don't know what's going to happen either. Or they actually do know what's going to happen and then they don't do what's in your best interest. This is probably going to piss some people off who are listening to this, but you know, that BS slogan of, hey, we do better when you do better, it, it should be changed to, hey, we do better when you do better. But when you do terrible, we still do pretty good. Unless you're the type of person who has 10 or 20 or 30, 50 million dollars, no one is watching your money 
on a daily basis. And when you have that much money, you can withstand the ups and downs of the market. The person who has $10 million can take a 50% hit because he still has $5 million left. The person who has 500000 cannot sustain a 50% hit. And now you may be really thinking, God, this guy really hates stocks. And let me assure you, I do not hate stocks. I own stocks myself. What I do hate is seeing these commercials for brokerages showing people floating on yachts, sipping martinis. How many people do you know personally that are sitting on a $50 million yacht because they invested in the stock market? Probably none. You know why you don't know anybody like that? Because it's a farce. It's fake. It doesn't happen. You know who actually owns those type of boats? The people that convince you to put your money into the stock market. They're the ones who fly $50 million yachts, sipping martinis. Because in the past, with the exception of, you know, blue chip stocks, stocks were always something that the rich dabbled in because the vast majority of middle-class Americans had defined benefit pensions. They had guaranteed income for the rest of their lives. But now very few people have those pensions and they got tossed into the stock market and now they're somehow supposed to figure out how to navigate this minefield for the rest of their lives. So what's the solution? This entire scenario that I've been playing out right here is why almost every advisor out there recommends a 60-40 portfolio of 60% stocks, 40% bonds, because the bonds are supposed to stabilize the portfolio when the stocks go down and lose their value. However, the bonds actually just start to act like an anchor in the portfolio because they will create a lower fixed income, according to economists like Dr. Wade Fowle, who is a non-biased source, he doesn't sell annuities, the most effective scenario is stocks and annuities. Annuities to provide an income floor to make sure all your living expenses are covered when the stocks go down, but still having the opportunity for the big gains to help offset inflation during the long term. Then when the market is up like it has been for the past 10 years or so, basically from 2010 to 2020, you can take your winnings off the table and walk out of the casino. And then when the market goes back down, you already have all your living expenses covered with Social Security and the annuity. And now you have a big cash reserve while you're waiting for the stock market to come back. I don't know, guys. Okay, I, I hope that makes sense. And I've probably poked the bear enough for one day. So let's do a quick recap before I sign off here. So what's better? Annuities or stocks? Stocks or annuities? It depends on the purpose of your money. If the purpose is just for pure growth, could the stocks gain more than the annuities? Of course. If the purpose of the money is to provide income in retirement, could stocks apply your income for the rest of your life? Of course. But by doing that, you're putting yourself at two of the biggest retirement risks that are out there, which is longevity and the sequence of returns risk. Because the only thing that matters is what will be the value of your stocks when you need the money and how long will you need it to last? And those are two questions that literally no one can answer. So when it comes to income, economist after economist and study after study shows the best combination is stocks and annuities. Now, if you would like to see how this type of scenario works, 
you can head over to atlasannuity.com. That will take you directly to my calendar page where you can book a short phone call to get all of your questions answered. You can also navigate to the rest of my resources on the website, including my video series, 20% More Spendable Income in Retirement. And that is the series where I will actually walk you through four different case studies, and I bet you'll be able to identify with at least one of them. If you found today's episode helpful, if you liked it, please go on the platform, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you're hearing this at, like this podcast, subscribe to it and share it with someone that you think could benefit from it. And again, this is Marty Becker wishing you all the best in your financial education, and we will see you in the next episode. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Atlas Annuity Podcast. All information presented is for educational purposes only and is not a recommendation to implement any tax strategy, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or transfer any security or insurance products. Atlas Financial Strategies Incorporated is an insurance-only licensed entity, and any decisions to buy or sell securities should be discussed with a licensed securities advisor, and any tax strategy should be discussed with a licensed tax professional. Past performance of any strategies or products mentioned are not a guarantee of future returns. For any other questions or concerns, please go to www.atlasannuity.com.